0: And that's one of the beautiful things that people think it's all about perfection, right? And, uh, oh, I have to be perfect in this, I have to be the... the... As if improvisation was about perfection. Mm. Improvisation is not about perfection. Improvisation is about exploration with someone else.
1: Whether you're a professional dancer or just started falling in love with ballet dance, welcome to the Ballet Dance Live podcast. this episode is brought to you by the yana dance club online platform where you can get access to all my teaching materials at once hundreds of technique drills multiple choreographies themed intensives full-length courses everything you can think about whether 20 minutes or few hours for practice you will find a program that will fit not only your schedule but your mood as well First 7 days are free, so check it out at yanadanceclub.com link in the show notes. Hello, dear dancers, welcome to the Belly Dance Life Live podcast. How are you doing? How is everything going? I can't believe that it's already last month of this year and uh, so many things going on and uh, so many hopes already for the next year, so many dreams, goals. So I wish you nice upcoming holiday time. Hope you will recharge and get a bunch of inspiration after all the work that needs to be done by the end of the year is done. Still carve some time and space for yourself, for your family, for your friends. Recharge, get more energy and enter with new forces to 2022 and of course during this month we'll be releasing weekly portions of inspiration with you including our today's episode get ready to dive deep into dance and specifically dance improvisation and uh, to hear lots of interesting uh, Suggestions from music point of view Because our today's guest is one and only Pedro Bonato For those of you who might have missed uh, the very first episode that we did with Pedro Go back to episode number 112 We talked a lot about all aspects of his work Including drumming, but also including photography And his collaboration with... uh, dancers on different photography projects uh, but today in our conversation we definitely focused more on drumming pedro bonato is an internationally acclaimed photographer and drummer as i mentioned born in brazil and uh, Based mostly in Canada, although currently traveling together with me all over the places, Pedro works in fine art and fashion photography, with works published in Al Arabia, Fashion Canada, and a number of magazines and books. As a drummer, Pedro focuses on Middle Eastern music and its relationship to cultures from around the world. He is also the creator of the music and dance group the Blue Dot Ensemble. In our today's episode specifically, we talked about differences between Arabic and Turkish style of drumming since he recently uh were traveling to Turkey and taking some classes and expanding his drumming vocabulary. Also, we of course focused a lot on drum solo improvisation since he plays a lot for dancers. He recently had opportunity to play live at some competitions again. Also, we are teaching together drum solo improvisation intensive at the yana dance club online so of course we couldn't skip this topic and we talked a lot about why the drum solo improvisation is so scary for so many dancers and how to approach it in a way that brings joy but also brings benefits to your dance also we discussed the differences between regular performance set and doing drum solo in Uh, some event or restaurant or on stage, but as a single performance compared to performing at a dance competition to a drum solo improvisation. And uh, I really like the topic that was kind of throughout our entire conversation is that, yes, we all aim for perfection, but what matters the most is how we feel. Are we happy with what we are doing? Do we experience joy in our dancing? And that's way more interesting, even to observe for audience members. So I hope you will get a portion of inspiration. Also, I just want to clarify because several times during this conversation, we talked about our drum solo um, intensive, drum solo improvisation intensive at the Yana Dance Club. And um, this is program that it's not available only now, right now, as we are adding week by week, a new portion of material, but intensives also stay available all the time inside the Yana Dance Club. So even if you're someone who is listening way after the episode was released and you are interested in improving your drum solo improvisation skills with guidance from me and Pedro, you still can check it out. You can find it at yanadanceclub.com. It's a monthly subscription website, but there are a seven-day free trial, so you can always check it out, see if it works for you, and then see if you want to continue or not afterwards. But right now, let's continue with our conversation with Pedro. Okay, that's going to be a weird one to start. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to start saying that I'm really surprised it took us so long to do the second round with mm-hmm. the one and only pedro bonato back to our podcast so welcome to the show
0: well you've been uh, busy doing interviews with all the dancers and musicians over when was i was uh, i was probably like two years ago
1: yeah about two years ago. ago yeah all right
0: cool yeah well it's not like we're not working together every day on other things so uh, thank you for having me on the podcast again <laughs>
1: and for our listeners if you missed our previous conversation with pedro go back i will put a direct link in the show notes so you can go back to this first conversation that we talked about all aspects of your activities about drumming about photography and in general about ballet dance and what was going on and uh, now this conversation kind of got inspired or like we got that kick let's do it more focusing i guess on drumming or like our recent activities a lot were involved in drumming uh related to both actually our recent trip to turkey then you were taking classes and then changing your drumming style and messing me up. <laughs> <laughs> as well as currently we're teaching, uh, adding an intensive to the Yana Dance Club about drum solo improvisation. So there are a lot of discussions and questions brought up by dancers. And that's uh, kind of good inspiration. Okay, let's do the second run. Although it's as a free-flow conversation, who knows where it will go? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Especially with you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: uh, but I would love to start, actually, uh, let's start from the first one, like our experience in Turkey, because that was quite an experience, drum advice. And I know for many dancers, at least with whom I talked afterwards or during the trip, like it kind of get by surprise, like, what do you mean Turkish drumming is different? So, <laughs> can you tell a little bit more about your experience of learning drumming? I know we talked about that in previous episode, but just now from point of view of also expanding your vocabulary and your knowledge and skills with something different.
0: Yeah, so uh, just for in case people don't know who I am and they haven't heard the other interview, just like a one-minute thing. So they were like, who is this guy on the podcast? But Uh, Like, I'm a drummer, a musician, uh, I'm a photographer as well, and then um, my passion lies in Arabic drumming and Arabic drum solos, and then it got expanded to a bunch of different uh, styles, different drums, and then, as you're saying, like our trip to Turkey, uh, it was, we spent there, what, like three months we didn't stay more because visa requirements. <laughs> Otherwise, the, the as a tourist, you could only be there for three months. But we were hardly tourists there, like creating a lot of content and a lot of learning, both our parts. But for me, the fir- the first thing that uh, got, and I think every drummer will go through this uh, phase, let's say, that you start developing, in my case, uh, my interest in Arabic drumming, right? So, which most dancers will be familiar with. We have the darbuka or the tabla, and then there is a specific style of playing that is very common across the Middle East, but basically uh, it's like style like in Egypt. And then, okay, if you go to Iraq or other places, there will be sometimes different drums and different rhythms and different ways of playing. But throughout the Arabic world, it's basically uh, the same, uh, as you say, like vocabulary, like ways of doing the drum. Then, um, a few years ago, uh, it was not just me, like, uh, a bunch of uh, drummers started looking at these drummers in Turkey. And these drummers in Turkey, they, first of all, they played in a different way, which was a bit hard to identify right away what was different, but it was way faster, way more intricate, and basically with one drum, they could do things that... In Arabic drumming, you usually would need like a backup so you can do like two voices at the same time and uh, And they go so fast. It's uh, like for a drummer It's sort of like drummer porn. It's like it's like oh my god The guys are so amazing that what they do and uh, when you start like looking more into it the first let's say difference that exists is the way that you play especially the tax right so you have the tax and the cost which are the high-pitched sounds in the drums you have the dooms and the tax and the way they they do it is with something called the split hand technique in arabic drumming now this audio podcast so like hopefully you'll be able to uh, like showcase a little bit of uh, how it would look visually but basically imagine that you use your ring finger in your non-dominant hand. So let's say that you are right-handed, you play the tax, the sharp accents with the left hand. And those you play with your with your ring finger, usually. Uh, and then if you want to go really fast, you do double time, so you go ta-tak ta-tak ta or if you go with your right and your left hand, you alternate between them. In Turkish drumming, you actually use your index finger as well. So that's why they call it a uh, split hand. So if you imagine like you open your hand. And you have your middle finger in the middle. And then you have your index finger and your ring finger. And you basically alternate between those in one hand.
1: So it's like usage of two fingers on the same hand, but not at once. It's like one, then another. Yes. But I guess it's less distance to go from one hand to another. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So uh, when you, you do that both in the right hand and on the left hand. The advantage of doing something like that is that you are able to have like shorter distances and when especially when you alternate between the same technique in the right and the left hand, you get instead of going like go and the other interesting thing that I observed when I was looking at uh, uh, the Turkish drummers is that they are able to uh, modulate, make different sounds without like we probably saw that when you when you were like in arabic drumming you will hold the skin with the um, with your right hand for example and then you do and that's basically by you like changing the pitch like like basically modulating changing the sound of the drum but you're using two hands the way that they do it is with one hand of course they also do the let's say the arabic technique but they um, they have these other possibilities that open up right and I was so um, interested in it and i tried like i saw a few tutorials online and i tried to do it but i couldn't really figure it out uh, and then um, when we went to turkey i was able to take classes with uh, two masters there and it's one of those things that you get Frustrated because they're like kids on the street. They can do like this crazy stuff like that they're playing And so it's like it's very challenging, but it's at the same time very interesting So for me, uh, it was okay I will not abandon my knowledge and love for Arabic uh, drumming But I wanted to have that toolkit that experience to see how it was to create sound with that the other thing that is interesting to mention about Turkish drumming is that in Arabic drumming, uh, especially like in modern times, people use a lot of the uh, synthetic Darbukas, meaning they're made of um, aluminum, and they have the synthetic nylon, like plastic skin, right? Which ha- which most dancers will be familiar with. And the cool thing about those is that they do not lose tuning, they have always very consistent and nice sound, very loud, so uh, they are very popular today. But the Darbuka... When you think about the darbuka as an instrument, um, it's actually a 4,000 maybe more year old instrument, right? This design of having the head and then it gets like almost like this waist and then it opens uh, mm-hmm. like as if it's like the hips on the bottom, let's say. <laughs> uh, it's like this cup style. This mm-hmm. design of drumming, which actually is the physics of it is what makes it have like the deep doom sounds and the very sharp Tack sounds is because of the the structure of the drum. We even saw it in I think in Ankara a four thousand year old darbuka, clay darbuka, right? And in that case, it's made of clay, so it will have different sound properties and different reverberation. And also, it uses natural skins, so they usually to. Or uh, fish skin. And I was fascinated. Because I remember when I started drumming. My teacher said. Oh when you go to Egypt. Or when you go to, to Turkey. You will see that they have these drums. That have this fish skin. I was like what do you mean fish skin? Oh so it's a very thin. But very strong skin. For specific like big fishes. That exist. Uh, like uh, probably in the Black Sea. In that case where they caught it. And uh, that's how it has been done. And the cool thing about that, especially with this other technique, that this Turkish uh, split hand technique, um, you get different sounds. You can play this, kik, like this very, uh, they, they call a kick sound. Like you can have different sounds that you don't even play on the skin, you play on the clay. So, uh, it gives all this richness and this reverberation of sound. And I was very interested in, uh, in that because sometimes you have to play just yourself without backup drumming, and it was like, okay, let me learn this. Like, I, I felt compelled to learn it, and the, the funny thing is that you feel like a beginner again. Even like you have 10 years of experience in Arabic drumming, you suddenly, it's like, okay, you know the rhythm, so at least you have that musicality in you, you don't have to learn that part, but the choices of which fingers to go where, they are uh, way different. And even attack. If you play like different, uh, I guess it's called knuckles, like different parts of your finger, depending on where you hit on the skin, they will have different sounds mm-hmm. and they really play with it. And um, and so to me, it was like this strange thing of being like a beginner again. And then things that in Arabic drumming come natural oh, let's say I'm going to do tremolos, right? The rush that they call like for shimmies, you go, okay, you can go that after you learn it in Arabic style, you can just go and you can modulate, you can do stuff. With me, with this, it was like, okay, mm-hmm. I have to really start learning this from...
1: Uh, in like, Turkish technique, you mean? Like, yes,
0: on style. the Turkish technique, it was as if you were a beginner again. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the cool thing that you, you notice right away is that because of the technique being different, um, I would say you lose certain things that exist in, in Arabic drumming that is more about the power and the accents and the change of speed and change of momentum. And in Turkish, it gets more... I mean don't get me wrong you can be very loud and very strong and all that but you get more um of a detailed feel to 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 the darbuka and so it's basically as if you're learning a new instrument
1: mm-hmm. it is
0: really different
1: I guess for dancers the best analogy will be for someone who is trained in classical raksharki suddenly to switch to tribal fusion it's like It's kind of like similar, it has something, but it's very different (laughs) in terms of technique.
0: Yeah, or even when I would say also like when I see uh, dancers like the ones that, let's say, that they're doing more in the, let's say, Egyptian style, that they're more, let's say, more relaxed, or at least they are more about the nuance in, uh, in technique, even though it will look like... Sometimes they're not doing much, but it's like if you're a dancer and you are train and you know what's going on. There's all these things going on, and then you have other styles that they incorporate. Let's say more uh, physicality, or they incorporate, let's say uh, I don't know, in arabesques. That they incorporate uh, things from other areas. So even not even needing to go all the way to to tribal fusion, but even inside belly dance, there will be uh, some people like to do like plies and splits and. Uh, and the hair things, like it's uh, it's a different skill that can be incorporated. So it's, uh, it's it's sort of like it's different, but it has like a, a nuance uh, that is sort of like a, sort of like a spirit that is sort of like the same. So that's sort of like uh, what it mm.
1: is. But it's also different in terms of sounding because for dancers, whoever tried. A- to dance to different to Arabic drum solos and to Turkish drum solos. like They sound different, the uh, composition is different, the phrasing is different, the speed, uh, the, the sudden stops. So I'm pretty sure many dancers would recognize this uh, um, description right now, like, oh yeah, I tried the Turkish drum solo to, to, to dance. It has different feel. And for me, of course, the most surprising that caught, that caught me by surprise was then, Uh, we were recording some videos and uh, some for classes for just uh, cute videos improvisation and then we are working with you for many years so we kind of get used to style of each other and read each other and sometimes I almost can feel like oh you probably will go at the end of this phrase to something like this and then suddenly (laughs) you throw it something completely Mm -hmm. different and uh, going in a completely different direction that for me was as a dancer is like oh it was kind of a wake-up call like oh yeah i need to be alert all the time like i cannot relax and think i can predict the music even if although i worked with you many years already uh it was given like for your arabic drum solos you were throwing like a bunch of like uh, different nuances and also I kind of feel there are two interesting moments during this process of like dancing and recording stuff was uh, first that you mentioned that it kind of opens up the sounds suddenly it's not just dooms and tucks or doom tuck and suck. it's suddenly like dozen if not hundred different variations of sounds and then it also requires you as a dancer to be more in tune and how to differentiate it's not just like sharpened light and uh, deep and uh, uh let's say uh, prolonged like dooms no it's of variations in between and how to reflect it in your body but also depending on the environment it sounded different
0: mm. ah you mean because of the yeah, yeah yeah so that's an interesting thing so first just to mention in case people are wondering in Arabic drumming, I'm not saying that it's simpler. It's not. It's just different. And even like in terms of the variety of sounds, you will get uh, in Arab. If you get like in like a master drummer, and uh, he will play in Arabic style, even with uh, like a clay darbuka, he will have of course a lot of different sounds. But the interesting thing is that the in Turkish drum, the idea is especially like they are not let's say um, the drum solos for dancers is more of a let's say an arabic tradition in a way the drumming for like in turkish music it, and even when you're doing like improvisations in, in drumming it's not about repeating four times or doing like uh, uh, so the impression i have so, so first sounds you can do you have the same drum you can do the sounds but because the technique is different it opens some possibilities that you in turkish drumming sometimes you're not even doing the same even if you're doing the same rhythm, every bar will be completely different. Mm-hmm. Right? And then uh the other thing that they do a lot is because they have the split hand technique. So they can accelerate like that. They can accelerate super fast. So let's say if they're going taku,ieso. like they can go all all round. Like and um it also remind they do a lot of like syncopy and like counterpoint, and they do a lot of like little comments that are off tempo, mm-hmm. and then it will catch up in a couple bars again, so it's like this mind-twisting thing, and one thing that I noticed also in terms of influence, that people should know, is that on the tur- on Turkish drumming, a lot of the inspiration they get also, is from um, Indian tabla, and from Indian drumming, right, so, it's very difficult to know historically where what started where, because you have in like Mesopotamia, and Anatol- Old Anatolia, and in Egypt, you have like clay darbuka as we know it there, but you also have like really ancient ones also in India equivalents and a lot of the music like even the rababa and other like string instruments in principle they're either um, discovered and uh, let's say invented at the same time in different places because of the physics of wood let's say and um, or they were brought so like of course since then culture traveled. So, but that's one thing that even today in Turkey, you can see this influence from different styles. And also the other thing that is interesting about the drumming that I I haven't thought about it too in, uh, in Anatolia specifically, is that the culture there is actually, even though they have a lot of similarities with the Arabic world, they're different they will have like Kurdish music influence, they'll have Persian music influence, they'll have all sort, and even when you go even to uh, to, to Romani beats, they have a lot of stuff in nines or nine eights or in sevens, they have in sixes, they have stuff that is not very common in the Arabic world, that it stays usually in, like in twos, fours, eights, like sometimes they'll go in nines, sometimes they'll go in sixteenths, if you have classical music, then it's all over the place but um, so he has this let's say this accent that exists there and so that's one and then the other thing that is important to notice and then I was as you say about the sound is that because why today people use mostly the, um, the um, Artificial, the are uh, they're not. They are both artificial because they're all both man-made. But the the maids of aluminum and uh, and plastic, like the, the let's say modern darbukas, uh, because they're very. They, as I said, you don't need to worry about tuning much. Like you will tune once a year or two, depending on how much you play, or even longer. Uh, and uh, they keep the sound. The clay drum, it's a living thing it's like, if it's too dry outside, it sound one way. If it's sunny, it'll sound another way. If it is very moist, or if it is, like, uh, like very humid, it'll it sound completely different. So, you actually have to heat it up, like, they would put, like, candles, so they have, like, lamps, but if you're in the middle of the field, as we had in Cappadocia, like, at 5 a.m., you'll hear the, okay, I can I only have dooms, so I don't have tacks, like, it goes mm. this pop, pop, pop sound, right? So, yeah, it sounds so different. It's like a it's like, it's it's like your body, you know, like it um, it changes with uh, from day to day. One day you're more sore, one day you're like you're more enthusiastic. So it's like as if the the drum has a mind a mind of its own.
1: The funniest thing I will I think was then we were uh, going in the morning to record one class and then it started raining. So I was like, okay, we cannot record anything. But then we were thinking possible to turn back and then we saw one of the caves that Cappadocia is known for like those uh, very cute uh, cool caves and it was empty and uh, uh, like available and very cute to record and we were so happy and then you start playing and i remember how it was a combination of sadness frustration and anger that the drum was like this boom 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 <laughs> and it's just e- interesting that um As dancers, we don't even think about that because when you describe like, oh, this clay drum, it has so much possibilities uh, and certain like advantages in terms of richness of sound over plastic drum so of course bring it to ballet dance shows competitions and then it's like um, that's not exactly the case uh, and it's not the most convenient because right now basically whenever you take this drum you need to travel also with additional lamp which is also another one probably dancers who see drummers um, with lamps inside their drums uh, thinking that oh it's just a fancy uh, thing cute and maybe if it's a plastic one Maybe it is for the sake, but if it's someone playing with natural, like clay and natural skin drum, they're actually doing it for purpose. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. If, it's, uh, if you see a drummer with a clay drum and uh, natural skin, and then uh, he puts, um, uh, he or she puts a lamp inside, then you see how it's glowing and stuff, and that's actually to keep the, the skin of the drum warm. So that it stretches. So the more, so basically, the, the the warmer it gets, the more stretched it will be. Basically, takes the like the moisture out of the the air inside and all that. And uh, if you're playing like with the sun, like uh, if you have the, the sun on top of you, if it's very hot that day, or if it's very dry, it will. You don't need the um, the the lamp inside. And then of course, like uh, there is like this, let's say, aerobic show kind of a thing that people started putting these lamps. That sometimes they even change. Uh, colors if you play a doom or play attack this of course is just a gimmick like to give like some visual um like uh, excitement to to the show but yeah if if you're playing a clay drum also even in, in performances like in uh, concert performances i uh, i noticed like i had the chance to play at one of the places in the Topkapi Palace, like in the complex there. And then, yeah, you have to bring your drum, you have to put the the, the lamp there. And the, some drummers even have two drums, right? One, that they live, that they change between songs. So sometimes they would have like a padded... Um, like sort of like a heater. Yeah, and then you just put your drum on top of it so that it warms up. And so you will like switch the drum. So that's one way to, to, to keep the, the sound like consistent... And nice like in a modern setting but as you said like uh, even today like if I go to like a competition like right now we're recording this uh, in Ukraine but it's so there's so many competitions all the time Yeah, I would rather play I mean I would rather play the clay drum but um, for the convenience of it and sometimes even the power that you need like to have that like uh, lively thing then you go to the to the other the Darbuka right so like the the, the metal one and then um, yeah, so that's basically what's uh, what's, uh, what's going on there.
1: But for convenience, I think it's uh, two aspects also like, uh, okay, because some organizers right now thinking like, oh, I will invite drummer with clay drum, but uh, we will mic him and make him loud because now you have this extra equipment to make any instrument be more loud but at the same time for lamp you need always to reach the heater <laughs> the pl- power plug that's one sometimes not very convenient thing on stage or in the competition the festival settings and another thing this clay drums they're super fragile yes sometimes you can just break it or crack it by simply putting it on the floor
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh, unfortunately i had that experience uh, with drums but uh, yeah like it's uh, sometimes you just put it like on the floor, or uh, it's one of those things like in shows, or in uh, like nightclubs, or even festivals and stuff, there's people walking around, there is like technicians, there's like, the- it's bound for something bad to happen and if you have uh, like a metal drum if it falls on the ground sometimes you might if you have like a nice casing of like mother of pearl around but it's a decorative thing like okay it chipped away or it cracked like it's no big deal but if you have like a clay drum it's it's a very delicate Mm -hmm. even though and also it's a heavy instrument so if you go for example in parties or like in shows that you want to play uh, like standing up and you can want to put straps around you. I wouldn't recommend because they're actually way heavier than uh, regular darbuka. And mm-hmm. let's say you want to play stand, like some drummers do that. They just put their leg on top of the, the chair and then they play. You could do that, but I would feel very, uh, let's say uneasy to do that. But yeah, of course, like if the person actually wants to get that kind of uh, like richness of sound, it's just a matter of, um, of, um, Knowing in advance that the drummer will be more of a diva, there will be the place for the drum, there will be the <laughs> lamp to put inside, there will be all those things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, it's so interesting to see like how, I assume also, it's sort of like if you have a dancer that dances with different costumes, it will have different... Uh, possibilities of movement like if you have one cut in one leg or if you have two cuts or if you have a long skirt or if you have I don't know like uh, are you showing your belly or not showing your belly it will give you ideas for a different vocabulary on, on your dance I think it's the same thing in a way with uh, this kind of drum like because mm-hmm. it will give you different ideas of what to do Be- mm-hmm. that and that's uh, fascinating but at the same time at the end it's like uh, the instrument will increase your creativity, but it will not determine what you want to do.
1: Yeah, but some instruments will also uh, require extra attention. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We almost had a heart attack on the way back from Turkey and we realized that your drum doesn't really fit in the above overhead head compartment. overhead yeah. compartment. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. were very lucky with Turkish Airlines who found separate place and we still throughout the trip we're like oh is it gonna be shaking turbulence is it gonna destroy the drum so when you see a drummer super nervous about that drum case think maybe there is a clay drum inside and that's why they're so paranoid about yes. it
0: <laughs> yeah that's um, absolutely the, the case it is a very fragile instrument and uh, it's sort of like you can sort of fix it if it breaks, but it will always sound a little bit different. And also like each drum, uh, that's the other thing that is interesting too, like about uh, Darbukas is that no is alike, they will always be different. When they're metal ones, they will have certain things that they will be more, um, let's say, expected depending on the size of the drum like there are like darbukas are like regular size and there's the call sumbati which is a little bit bigger and so they'll have like uh, different sounds but each clay drum will be unique mm. because so that's one of the also like this is more of like a geek drummer thing like uh, i think if you're not into the 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 richness of sound or if you let's say if you're just listening to an mp3 on your earphones it may not capture all the all the nuance that exists uh-huh. in the in the, in the drum. I was even thinking this is just an interesting thing, too. Like, uh, whenever the drummer starts, for example, in the let's say, to bring it to a belly dance con- uh, context, that he starts doing, like, let's say, uh, terminals, right? So, rush, like, those kinds of things, that usually for the dancer, unless you do, like, very sharp, specific accents inside the, the modulation or changing, like, the pitch to be more, those kinds of things, it, uh, it sounds like, okay, all I can do here is sort of like, it limits my vocabulary as a dancer. It's sort of like, okay, he's doing shimmies, he's doing tremolos, time to shimmy, that kind of uh, stuff. And with the with these clay drums, especially with the, the Turkish technique, you will have, basically, every time you hit a drum, you can have a different accent, so you can have different things, but sometimes it doesn't really translate if you're not listening live or if you don't have a very nice sound system. Mm. It will basically... Uh, Pasteurize and make everything sounds like attack. So in a way, like if you have a like a like a, a bad um, like sound system, what's the point on getting this like beautifully sounding uh, drum if you're not going to be able to get all the the nuances?
1: Well, to listen it in person, <laughs> to dance to it in person. And speaking of ballad dance, and about two recent and current experiences because i already mentioned that currently like we are adding this new program about drum solo improvisation that we shot in cappadocia we already talked a little bit about it but also recently you had experience playing at the competition so first of all how how was it to be back on stage you know in front of live people not online and perform after um quite a break uh. yeah
0: like uh, yeah with uh with the lockdowns and everything like since we were in uh, kiev i had the opportunity at least um uh, when we came to ukraine for for a bit for to travel i had the opportunity to play to a few i had my ukrainian festival experience i don't think we talked about this in the last thing no. because we were not uh here and uh so Um, Before the lockdowns, I was able to play like two or three different festivals, I think, and uh, two of them, one actually here where we are right now in Odessa, in the south of Ukraine, and one in in Kyiv, and as a drummer, it was quite a fascinating experience, so if people don't know, like uh, in Eastern Europe, in Europe in general, but especially in Eastern Europe, They have so many festivals. If you think there are like festivals in your city, here it's literally every weekend there is uh, one going on or multiple going on across the country. And it was uh, quite fascinating, especially the first one in Odessa that I had to play nonstop for like five or six hours and uh, drum solos for hundreds, of dancers of all kinds like from kids because here in Ukraine people start dancing like really early and uh, also it's in the context of a fa- of a competition right it's not just dancing for a gala show or for a show in a party or for a show in a, in a theater or like um, like nightclub, like those kinds of things. It's a competition, meaning that they're there to showcase their skills to the judges. Sometimes there's so many dancers, like hundreds, sometimes thousands of dancers. So they really limit the time that the dancer is on stage, which I had to adapt uh, to, uh, because you have to create a drum solo. So in a way, it was a completely different experience um, that Okay, you have sometimes, okay, ideally, the first uh, one I did was like three minutes or two and a half minutes for a drum solo, which is great. It's awesome. My hands were, like, I was like, bring me ice because it's, (laughs) like, no, I didn't ask, but, like, it was like my hands were, like, really tired because every dancer wants to do, like, especially here, they want to do, like, powerful things and they want to really showcase their skills. So you can't go, like, soft. Like much because they are not really into that in the style here in general, especially in competition settings. And then you go, you go in, and then there is like this line of dancers, and then it's like the kids, and then the teenagers, and then the advanced teenagers, and then the advanced kids, and then the professionals, and like and everything in between. And then you go and it's in that. Ukrainian style of go, go 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 go. So it's like one after the other, uh, and they sometimes actually do something very interesting. That it's not only a solo performance from the on the competition. Like the dancer goes and the drummer, and then they 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 perform, and then the next dancer and then the next dancer and then the next dancer. Sometimes they dance all together, right? And so it's uh, one of those things like you cannot do. Um, traditional ending for a drum solo. so in case uh, dancers like uh, d- don't know, like uh, when you're doing an improvisation in drum solos, there are certain cues that the drummer and the dancer do. and we cover that like extensively like at the end at the Yama dance club and all that. but like you do certain things that so that the dancer and the drummer can finish together. and it's sort of like this non-spoken like rule that that's how we finish uh, drum solos and sometimes even songs when it's in a live setting. In a competition, when you have two minutes or you have one minute sometimes, especially even two literally. minutes. Literally. Yeah, literally. literally. I mean, people think, oh, there would be, no, no, no.
1: It's the... On the timer. Yeah. One minute, that's it. One minute
0: and that's it. Or one minute and 20 seconds, and then the organizer is looking at you like, you're taking too long. <laughs> but it's like, uh, how do you finish that? Because usually it will take a minute to do the whole, let's say 45 seconds to do the ending. Like, so uh, how can you do that? So then you have to invent different ways, right? And what I decided to do in the competitions is um, I'll always finish the same way, right? I'll go, like, I'll go with tremolos, I'll go slow down the tremolos, and I will do one final accent. Hopefully that was obvious for all the dancers because it's sort of like on time, right? And so that was the first experience. And then, but the cool thing about doing the, the, the competitions was that you can see all kinds of dancers dancing in the same day. So, it's not like, oh, I remember this person. Like So, even this thing that you were talking about like of uh, expecting certain things, like since I play for you and you play for me and my job is to make you look good on stage, I will do certain things. And also, it is about the learning a new style, but also about this uh, comfort zone that you know those phrases you can go to always or the style that you can go to and certain things that you don't even realize that you're doing unless you're analyzing or creating like new drum souls. is okay i always do after i do this super 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 fast thing i don't go faster i go down i go like i go to a uh, masmudi kabir or i go to tremolos i go to certain things like you sort of like have the structure that you get familiar with which uh, is not that nice and then you want to be you don't in a competition, you wanted to do different things for the dancers because the idea is to challenge them in uh, improvisation setting. So you always change it around, and that was a very interesting thing to see. And um, and you stop me anytime because I can go on about the things anytime. <laughs> no worries. And uh, so I had the opportunity to play for dancers that were uh, like. And the other cool thing that is interesting is that aside from you have like the kids that sometimes they are there. I guess. It's just the culture of having competitions and the moms and the dads bringing the kids to, to dance. Sometimes they're really into it and they really love it. And sometimes you can see there's more of a force thing. But I remember doing um, one workshop in drum solo, I think we were doing it together with uh, uh, Yulia Farid in, uh, in Kyiv, and we were doing uh, for kids. And it was so interesting to see that dancers, first of all, everybody's terrified of drum souls. Everybody's still finding rhythms. They, they, we, we'll probably get into Actually, that. Actually, it
1: was interesting because I remember that workshop, and it was a mixed group of dancers from all around the world, yes. uh, not only Ukrainian, but there were a couple of Ukrainian kids. kids yeah. And I think those, they were the more, the most relaxed with John yes. solos and the most familiar with rhythms. With rhythms. It was
0: incra- <laughs> That's what I was about to say. There were these two girls and
1: two or three i think
0: two the the, the two that i saw that they sat right in front and they were like and they were like oh, okay so let i knew that they were beginners they were more advanced people and all that so it's a bit challenging to cr- what content to to give and i remember like i was doing like sort of like this dictation thing like you start doing a, 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 a rhythm and then, okay, what rhythm is this, you know? And then I was thinking, like, oh, okay, so th- what's the difference between Maksum and Baladi or Ma- Ma- Masmuri Sahir or in Saidi, which is, like, very, let's say, subtle in terms of a, just the drumming part. It's, like, one doom difference. And then it's, like, oh, okay. And then, uh, like, samis, which are this, like, uh, like, 10-8 uh, beat, which is used like more classical, Mushahat and all that, and the girls, they were like, okay, they caught it, they knew everything, like to themselves, they're kind of, okay, this is Samai, this is this, so it was very cool to see a dancer that is what, 10 or 11, and they have already solved that problem, and then you have dancers that are super experienced, and they, even amazing dancers, and then, oh, they they actually, they don't know and they have the same oh I, I i should know i should know and then they have uh, there is a lot of panic around the drum souls not only from dancer's point of view but from drummer too but we'll get to that
1: but i think i was just about to add i think it's time and age not even time but more age we put that mask of shame on ourselves like oh i should have known it so instead of going and learning it we are just denying and and uh, shaming ourselves oh i should have known i should have learned it already and that's the thing the main block for many dancers to actually stop and learn the rhythms and yes it may take you not one day or one sitting it may take you a while but once you learn you actually finally solve this problem and the same goes with drum solo improvisation specifically this fear of like uh oh i should look perfect it's either I should know already or I should look perfect and uh, uh, I think f- in my opinion that's a main block of dancers preventing to um, do drum solo improvisations to try to develop the skills in drum solo improvisations and uh, even trying to approach it I don't know from your opinion what do you think is the main block? Or maybe I don't know mistake. Maybe what prevents dancers from approaching drum solos in a nice, positive way, and in uh, allows them to perform drum solo improvisations nicely.
0: Yeah, so that's that's a big subject. I think <laughs> I think we'll get into it like in depth. I guess in this conversation, because as as you said, like. We had like this moment that I was playing for these festivals here and then we had the lockdowns and then now I was able to play for a few this uh, this year and fresh from one from uh, last weekend, I think. And uh, it was very interesting to see. Well, first of all, it was awesome to be back on stage and playing like uh, to, to everybody and uh, having the dancers excited to be like not only online, but also like in, in a live setting. So that was really cool. And then also with a lot more maturity and experience of playing for festivals, which is a different beast in terms of improvisation, right? It's, a, it's a, not a traditional drum solo in, in any stretch of the imagination. And even that's something that even to, to consider, it's like the context in which you're put into the arena of doing a drum solo. So let's take back a little bit. What's the context of a drum solo in terms of like Arabic music or let's say in a traditional show, let's say say you have the orchestra or you have like a couple musicians and then you have the drummer and the drummers usually, right? You have a backup drummer, you have the lead drummer, sometimes like someone on the rake, on the cat and all these other drums and you're dancing already. Right, you're dancing on a, like to an intro song. Maybe you did a mission set. Then you go to a lyrical song. Then you go into like some folkloric stuff. And then when the party gets really like started or something, then you go into like a drum solo. It could be in different moments, of course. A drum solo. Go ahead. I uh,
1: actually there are discussions also about that. How traditional is the idea of drum solos in in general? not really saying yes or no to anything but just to expand it and like to give different perspectives because there are some discussions like for instance in egypt right in arabic culture uh it's relatively relatively new to have a separate drum solo as a part of the show because for dancer who is hiring the whole orchestra for her show it's like the uh, thoughts like why would I stop everyone and let everyone rest and only make two guys or three guys who are on the drum play for me uh, they typically tend at least before to go more for different styles of songs of course changing like I say, and maybe there will be a little section of the song just to drums but mostly it was just accents although now what we see in Egypt that's not really exactly the case and many dances do include as a, like, separate, full jazz drum solo into the show, but it's also discussions, like, which exact place drum solo improvisation or drum solo, because sometimes it's also choreographed what you see in Egypt as a shows, uh, But what places has in uh, terms of traditional show?
0: Yeah, so, that, that, yeah, that's, that's sort of, like, the point that, that I was getting at, is sort of, like, independently of the origin story, Oh, is this traditional? Is that traditional? Because you can always see fusion throughout time, right? You have, a, that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. So I'm not getting into that sense. I'm saying in the sense that, let's say, today, independent of when it started, you can have a show that has a bunch of kinds of songs. If you're the lead dancer, let's say, if you're the main dancer in like a, like an Egypt a show, or uh, you have, as you said, like sometimes now, because drum solos became, uh, wanted or not, like they became a thing on its own. Right, you have the drummers that they their entire CDs, their entire albums. There are drummers that just do drum solos, as well as there are drummers that they just accompany. They are not actually very good with drum solos. The structure for dancers, they're great for like doing the accents and the and doing let's say the texture for the music and being that heartbeat and the changing heartbeat and changing emotions, which is what I love about uh, about drumming in music. Arabic drumming specifically but at the same time there is the idea that okay there is a section either in the show or a separate thing itself which is a drum solo right and then now you have even this other uh, phenomenon that is uh, do drum solo for uh, two three minutes to do drum solo for one minute or even a song for a minute right and so the dancer has to in a competition setting, right? So, which is different than, uh, the idea of competition is to showcase, you're trying to win something, showcasing your skills to um, um, uh, to the judges.
1: It's like the difference, like on, a, let's say, re- a regular show, uh, either with a orchestra or in your own city, local city, at, at some restaurant gig or wedding gig, like the task of dance is to interact and t- entertain guests. In competition it's to prove that you're better than other dancers to win something yeah so it's a very different even connection not only with music but with audience who is viewing you
0: yeah so th- that's exactly it so like the way that I like to think of and I've been thinking about this a lot because we created this uh, drum solo improvisation uh, intensive in, in Cappadocia so we were like okay what are the the first thing we thought about and as we taught this throughout time I was thinking hmm Okay, there are certain moments there are certain things if you're going to, let's say, create an anatomy of a drum solo, like, let's say, a modern drum solo, right? So it will have, it will not just be, let's say, an arba. Sometimes you have, like, a song that will go and then it will break for drums, right? It's sometimes in between songs or it will break for drums uh, at a certain section, just like, just like you have a Taksim in a song, you'll have a drum um, solo part right and then the dancer also dance that and then you go back to the music which is a different context of having a full different like composition that is only based on drums right so again independent of where it comes from or what it's traditional or not the reality of those things exists and then that's one of those things that dancers today will encounter in their lives, right? And, uh, and so to me, the, the the funny thing that I thought as I was like going through, okay, playing for this hundreds, literally hundreds of dancers like uh, here and, and abroad and to you and to other like great dancers, I noticed um, one thing that is like the context in which you're going to, per- to, to perform will um, matter a lot and how much practice you have of playing it in a way if i was going to do like let's say a dating comparison because i it's not that uh, it is a romantic thing it's not but in when you have like the drummer and the dancers there is that connection that conversation artistically speaking between someone creating rhythmic phrases and uh, not melodies but like yeah, phrases and um and what the dancer is interpreting, and because of the interpretation of the dancer, how you're gonna change your improvisation, which not all drummers do, but the idea is to have a conversation about it, right? Even I think one of your interviewees was talking about that drummers like that, okay, I hire that drummer, <laughs> so he will basically learn to follow me and see what I want to do, like musically or like uh, in uh, music, dancing, In a dancerly way, let's say. The drummer will follow the the dancer in certain things. They try to catch and see what she wants. And over time, you can like practice and know. The thing that I thought, the first thing I thought when I was looking at these competitions that were like one minute long, it's like speed dating. It's like, okay, I'm going to play for you. We're going to tell me everything about you in one minute. Go.
1: And then let's go and get married right away. <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: it's like, so that the, girl, the, the person can decide if they want to 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 to, to continue the conversation in a coffee shop in a, in a musical sense, let's say. That's how I thought. I hope this doesn't sound bad. But the idea is like, um, you have this, let's say, speed dating. So you don't know the person, right? I don't know this dancer just came in. I may know her or him before, so then I know what to expect. But what if I don't? Or even when we had like the first time that I performed, I was a, as a backup drummer, so it was way easier to observe this. Uh, even remember when we met, like 2011 or 12, in uh, the Al which were like this little nights where after a big workshop the dancers had to go and perform to live orchestra in a small setting to the audience and they had like five six minutes each and they had to choose between like oh do, do you want a take scene a song or do you want a song and a drum solo so I was able to even then like even before I was able to to play drum solos themselves I was like okay observing what the drummer does for each dancer because he is learning what to do and he will have five six minutes so in a few minutes you can sort of feel what a dancer can do, and then you're gonna play around. And of course it makes a completely there de- uh, it's a huge difference if you know the person you have performed with her before, if you had all oh, like like you know, like you have seen them performing before, it's different. Like if you put two musicians and say play, you know, like it's gonna be weird and awkward unless you have a certain vocabulary. Okay, we have the same um when you play this song in this key, so there is this um conversation going on, and uh, there is, and then in the same time, and I mentioned the, the, the competitions because uh, I guess in a Western sense, I'm not sure how it is, uh, again, traditionally is very nebulous term, but let's say in the context of today, of the dancer going on stage and performing, even if you don't consider yourself being judged in a formal setting, you feel being judged. So that will apply for the dancer that is beginning so she has the, the scared smile that every dancer has in the beginning. Please let me not, f-. if people could see me, I'm like waving my arms doing my impression of dancers, but it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so, so, so nervous, but the, the teacher told me to smile. So they have the, like, the smile and then they're dancing and then you have other dancers, then even when they're like beginners, that they have that confidence and they're enjoying and they even play with that fear in the beginning so they can do all the way to like more advanced dancers, and then the dancers that really love drum solos. And that's one thing that I thought was very interesting, seeing some dancers here in Ukraine, that they're not professionals, but they win all the competitions in drum solo category. It's like, huh, why? They practice, they get a bunch of drum solos and they choreograph it, and they know what to expect, sort of. They have its known territory, They know that if the drummer usually goes to like trembles and he starts going on like a crescendo, he's not going to suddenly stop the music. He's probably going to go into Saidi or Heavy Saidi or he's going to go into Ayub. He's going to do something. So it's like it's not that um, fearful anymore. And then the last thing I was going to mention about like what like why there is this uh, thing uh, of like fear in in dancers' eyes, even the dancers that are more established, let's say, and I'm I'm not gonna name names, but it's like dancers that are like world-known and they are like, their thing is, I don't know, like whatever kinds of like specific styles inside belly dance or they're known for a specific way of dancing, but then drum solos are not uh, their forte and they have this thing that you were talking about, oh, I should know this, I should know this, I should have already known this because in other areas, they are already at a certain level that they feel like it would be, oh my God, how can I admit, be vulnerable and say that I don't know these things? You know, am I a fraud? Am I this? So there's all these, uh, um, let's say, uh, paths and nuances that exist in the fear setting of... Uh, and they start, again, just to, to come back, they start with, okay, in what context are you, are you performing? Right? Okay, you have four minutes, you're not warmed up, it's not the middle of your set, you don't dance every night. It would be different than, I do this every day, <laughs> right? So that's uh, having seen this in dancers uh, like all over, you can see that there is this fear, right, That is has different forms and different shapes, right? And then I was thinking about, again, interrupt me anytime you mm-hmm. want, but like, the, the, the idea that I had when I was trying to go into my, like, Pedro mind of going into, okay, let's go a little bit more in-depth into why this happens mm-hmm. and trying to compare this with, okay, how does that happen in a drummer's journey too? Because if people, there is this thing that people, like, everybody's judging me, the drummer's judging me, he's the master, he's the one that knows everything, I have to catch every single thing that he does, and if I don't, it's because it's my failure. There is this, uh, this, uh, Strange pleasing thing that dancers sometimes think that they have to do right and uh, the same thing like as a little uh, Before we come back to dancers, maybe I should talk a little bit about uh, about uh, like from a drummer point of view is that first of all if you're a drummer that's worth your salt and you care about performing just like any artist that performs any artist that um has to go, if you have to go and do a painting for your, uh, for, um, for a patron, right? And then you're going to show it to him or her, or you're going to start thinking about it. Those doubts, oh, can I do this? Oh, but the idea of improvisation, that's what I got. Like, that's the, let's say the aha, even though it's to me is afterwards, it was kind of obvious. It's yes, the fear comes from the fear of the unknown. I do not know what's going to happen. And... All the mistakes I made throughout my artistic life will be bare naked on stage and everybody will judge me and everybody will know because of this performance forever and ever that I am unworthy, that I do not know my drum, dumbs and tacks, every tack that I got incorrectly, every rhythm that I misunderstood because I didn't study because I decided to watch Netflix or whatever it will be forever ingrained in that performance. And if you're listening to this and this sounds like you, just know that this sounds like everybody, right? So it's like everybody will go through this. And then just to give dancers an idea of unmasking the master, unmasking the drummer, right? you will see probably that there are drummers that they're very lively and happy and they, they're like uh, jiggly. There are others that are more flirtatious. Others they are like all about the... Like others are like super, super like scary looking. Others they are like more the sex appeal guy. They have the open shirt. There's all styles, right? And what I will mention about this, having interacted with all of them and being in a spectrum of all of these styles, is that... These are the masks the drummer puts to hide their own securities, And that's one of those things. Like, when you see someone that is incredibly harsh and incredibly, like, I'm judging you. In my opinion, and I may be wrong about, like, not all of them, but from the ones that I interacted with directly. It's their fear shining through. It's because what can I do to use as an armor? To make my vulnerabilities invisible. That's what drummers do, that's what dancers do. That's I'm a photographer as well so that's why I like to like sometimes compare to other areas because they exist that there too. Mm-hmm. If I'm a photographer and I like to photograph these kinds of uh, photos but there is this technique that I don't know yet. Or if you're a model and you want to or and dancers are models by nature because they are like they want the photos, they want to be it's a visual scene, so by definition, they're a model of something, right? Of a character, of a situation, of an emotion, and they. I know I'm going a little bit all over the place, but I think it's about this fear of the unknown, and this fear of being exposed, and this fear of not standing up to the highest ideal and expectation that you have, because if you have a choreography, you have something to aim at, and then you say, okay, I didn't do the choreography correctly, so I can find out where it, it, where, where it went wrong. And I made a mistake. is not I am a failure. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I don't master it. So that's how I see even the beginner dancers that get terrified about drum soles because they, they hardly know the rhythms. How can I know what a phrase is? Oh, but he, why four times? Oh, he did three times. Oh, by the way, drum- drummers make mistakes too. How many times you performing, the guy goes, and that's like this cool phrase. I did this many times too. do this cool phrase what was it again and then you do it wrong and then even you see the dancer just looking at you like with that smile like he screwed me over or actually she does not thinking that she's thinking I think I make a mistake I made a mistake but it's actually the drummer that made a mistake yeah. and uh, so anyway this is a long rant about the the fear setting but I think it's interesting to see that drummer drummers of people too like uh, we we make mistakes, and uh, I've seen drummers, like people that I admire, like if I am at level, let's say, 3, they are level 10. Uh, they get nervous before going to performances, mm. you know. So, it's uh, it's part of the art. And uh, in a bit, maybe we should talk about what's the good part of it.
1: Oh, for sure. Mm. But to just continue on this topic, the drummers are also people, and not only they can do mistakes, but very often... Uh, not necessarily even in competition setting, but in competition setting too, it just we start talking about competitions, yeah. but even at uh, like restaurant gigs with local orchestra, or like small band, wherever you're performing, like how many times even I experienced that Then you go on stage, you start performing and then you realize this drummer had no idea what exactly and how exactly, what expectations are he playing for dancer. Because many musicians, they're good to play the music, to play with singer and then they ask, oh, you know how to play darbuke? Can you play for dancer? And they get hired somewhere and very often you go to a restaurant, you're not performing with your own orchestra, like, especially if you are in the western country, You just go and perform with whichever orchestra works at that specific restaurant or nightclub. You just do a gig and very often you don't know the drummer you don't didn't have even a chance to talk to him because when you arrived he already for two or three hours was on stage playing something you didn't even have a little opportunity to chat of like what you expect to, and then you go on stage and then he was never told that oh for dancers, there are like certain like expectations like even that rule of four that you drama kind of repeats four times more or less the same phrase Uh, and then he starts going all over and very often the drummers who if you slightly turn you see like he looks somewhere in the wall and plays his drum he doesn't even look at you like he doesn't he doesn't see how you react what you do he doesn't get any inspiration from you he doesn't have He doesn't look and doesn't get any cues from you like do you want to speed it up or or maybe cut it like okay let's finish and go to something else he doesn't even look at you so there is also needs to be that understanding that not all drummers who are playing for dancers they're actually playing for dancers especially in like non-arabic countries then many drummers learn they got inspired like uh, to do their book for whatever reason, with a band, for musician, for singer, or even for dancer. But there is no like you know, formal education about that. And there is no place to go and check uh, what are the rules and expectations, how to play for dancer. So for dancer, it's yes, of course, learn those certain rules the structures that happens uh, very often it's a great tip to learn and practice to as many even recorded drum solos or choreograph them to kind of get familiar with different sounds a different combination of sounds how we can interpret it through our body so you have this Extended vocabulary in your body, ready to show up when it's the moment of actual improvisation. So you're kind of ready for any all range of situations. But the main one, I think, that's the main art for dancer, always be ready that something will go wrong. Right. That it will be three times, or it may be four times, but every time it's something completely different. So it's not even four times. Or that ending, it may not go to tradition or typical, not traditional because also yeah, there are yeah. discussions, but typical finale with like twist spin and you finish the you uh, UQ went to finish and the drummer hopefully catches you because he may not have no idea about this typical finale so um for dancer it's kind of like always be alert and make sure make sure that Even if the drama is experienced playing for dancer, but he's also a person, he may do a mistake. Mistake this dooms and tags or cut the fourth phrase and uh, miscount and think he played four times, but he played only three times, let's say. So it's like that alertness and experience of uh, uh, being on stage, which I consider it's also part of fun.
0: Yeah, that's but that's exactly the the point that I was going to to get. Like, uh, okay, what's the now that it terrified you? Let's get you back to <laughs> to the like to the fun and the development and the, let's say fantastic and spiritual part of it, which is uh, it's sort of like this idea that okay, the unknown can be scary, but the unknown has opportunity, right? And those things that uh, is something that I've been thinking about a lot these days too. That it's like. Uh, your fears are an indicator. So if you can think about your fears as, oh, I don't want to feel fear, so let me protect myself and never feel fear ever, right? Then uh, you'll never grow, or you at least you'll avoid things, and those uh, things will atrophy, right? And then you have always a panic attack about that, or you had bad experiences, so then you don't go there. Is that room in your house you don't want to go to? Is that corner of the street where you know, and it makes you smaller, but the cool thing about fear, or in, the, in the, this case, like this metaphor for life, that is an improvisation as an artist, is that you're put in the fire, in, in, in a way you're put it on the arena, right? And you have to perform. And whatever your goal is to, uh, or whatever your imagined goal is to be loved or to be um, cheered for, for a fantastic technique and physique and whatever, or your amazing display of soul, which can also be an ego-driven uh, thing. Uh, at the same time, it's like, that's where you are, that's what you have to do. And um, if you have fear, fear is an indicator of where your weak spots are. And it's not society telling you that, oh, you should know this. No, if you're frightened of it, it's because you know that that's something you should, it's less than your ideal. And if it's less than your ideal, it's something you can work on. And how do you work on it? You work on it by working on it, by creating art, right? And that's one of those things like, and again, to come from a drummer point of view, for example, I remember the first time uh, i as a, like i i come from a like non arabic background and i fell in love with it, it was like 20 something and when i moved to toronto i had the opportunity to play as a back, first learn and then have, be as a backup drummer to like a fantastic drummer like uh, uh solomon warwar in toronto uh, and he uh, slowly started like putting me at more on the spot let's say so if i'm a backup drummer and then at some point i have to do Narba, like oh Okay, Pedro, it's your turn to to improvise, and it sucked in the beginning. It was terrible, like it was horrible, like and it was like I would go off tempo, would do all sorts of like bad things. If you call him today, he will say you still suck. But <laughs> like, uh, but he had this um, challenging, fun thing that it's like, okay, let's. Oh, see, you didn't practice correctly. That's why you got screwed over, right? In um, A lot of uh, relationships to even uh, stand-up comedy, you know, like you see those people that go on open mics in the beginning, you're not going to be perfect in the beginning and tell the perfect jokes. When you see like a Netflix special with a super cool comedian, he or she was working the clubs every week until he goes to a show. Then he analyzes what he's doing and then he has this perfect show, which started with an improvisation that became, let's say, a piece because he is also repeating. Music can be like that too, but in the case of like drumming, let's say, and dancers will probably be um, like have a similar path. Oh, you start learning a little choreography, then you do a, a group choreography in a gala show, for example, in your local dance uh, school. And then you're terrified because, oh, everybody goes with the right hand up and you go with the left hand up, or you have a custom custom malfunction, or you have all sorts of crazy, oh, your makeup didn't work, you broke up with your uh, boyfriend or girlfriend, right, the the day before, and now you have to perform. Oh, this person, this damn person is on the audience, and they're going, oh, this person's dancing next to me. Like, there's all sorts of crazy things that are part of the dancers, let's say, life, and then they they have their first gala, and then they have this... uh, Second gala, and then they have at some point they'll do a performance in um, as a soloist, right? And then at some point they'll go, oh, my first restaurant gig, oh, my first festival, my first this. Everybody will have their own, um, let's say, experience and drummers will be the same. Like in the beginning, you are learning, let's say very specific phrases or very specific, you learn drum solos from other drummers, right? And you try to learn how to do certain techniques. And then at some point you are, usually you are in a drum circle kind of a environment that you're learning with your students and you have to improvise in that, in that setting. And it, trust me, if you think a drummer is good, he was really bad in his first attempts at improvising phrases. He had no idea. He had no vocabulary. He was off tempo. He thought he could do something, and then his fingers um, betrayed him. That's one of those things that, as dancers, I have to see. Like from a drummer point of view, if I don't play, there is no music, right? If you don't dance, there is no dance. But the 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 the, the music is the invitation to dance. You are not bound to dance if I don't start playing, right? So there is this and I remember like now I don't get this but I remember the first times that I was going to perform and I knew the drum solo and of those things just like with choreographies at home you are like the super diva superstar even on the video you can see that you did great and then because you're nervous on stage you make this strange mistakes right and with drummers is the same I remember like my hands I could not go with a certain speed right things like that and so I think um, like, the, which you're saying, drummers are people too. Like, uh, we go through this, like, terrifying situations in the beginning. And then you put yourself in the context of practicing until it becomes a second part of you. And when you start having those memories of good performances, mm-hmm. that you can always call back. So there is, like, oh, this one moment I remember, like, for example, for me, it was, like, one time that I was so tired and I was playing at this... Um, It was like a bonfire, kind of like hippie thing, me and a friend of mine, like uh, in in Canada. And everybody was dancing around. We had all these drummers. And I remember at some point, me and this friend of mine, we were like so in sync, so much in the groove, that everybody that was around the bonfire came closer to us. And then I was like, okay, but my my hands, they will not play. I, 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 I can't. I'm done. I'm tired. But then I thought, okay, what if I played sloppy? I have all these drummers, like, no one will see. Suddenly so I had this burst of energy that my, my fingers could do what I was telling them to do, right? And I remember that there was this uh, one dancer in front of me and she was against the fire, so I couldn't see her. But she had this neon, like, um, I don't know, it's like in the party, like rave style uh-huh. kinds of things, like uh, around her belly and around her neck. So all I could see was this hair uh, against the fire and this, uh, like, w- wobbly... Things like green, uh, neon. Like Boy
1: style. Uh,
0: yeah, it's sort of like, it's like those kids, like, uh, it's like a, um, a plastic wrap thing. Imagine that you have, oh, like, okay. and then it shines. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all. Like, like uh, I probably don't explain it correctly, but it's like. Um,
1: um, well, let's say she brilliant. had shiny, thing. shiny, shiny things. Shiny things in her. Yeah. Okay. And then.
0: <laughs> I couldn't see the person but I could play and she was oh she's actually following my my drumming and then everybody was like that. so like this is just one example of like many that I can recall getting to um, to that zone and the only way to get those is to be okay with making mistakes and knowing as I was saying like oh everybody will know that you made a mistake and it was terrible and also you never know how the Subjective experience of the audience is—you never know. I remember when I was going to play for these uh, festivals. Even like, okay, ten years after I was playing. Okay, I played for you. I played for a bunch of. I had my own band in Canada. I had played for so many dancers already, like in the, with like basically world-class drummers asking me to back up for them. Means I don't. I'm not that bad. If they're asking me to come and play, and I remember going to the organizer uh, in uh, in one of the festivals and saying like, "Oh, was this okay? Was this, is this how you wanted?" It? It's like, uh, like how was this? And then she said, "We got you for the third time for a festival. You play nicely. Everybody likes." And then even one thing I learned last week was like. Uh, And I thought, oh, I did terrible for a festival, for this uh, competitions, because one minute I can't get into the groove. And the dancers are so good, like that sometimes if I'm tired, I can't do as powerful as they they require. And then the organizers were saying, no, no, like on that festival, they were signing up as the festival was going because they liked your drumming. Like, so, why didn't anyone tell me that? <laughs> Maybe took me they did, just in English. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but but it was like so. My point is, you never know that um, individual experience that people will have by seeing you dance, right? So that's one of those things. Like um, to get a little bit more philosophical, but not necessarily on the improv part. We'll go back to it. But the idea of. Um, I think, I think it's Ellie uh, Luna, the designer that did this phrase, that I, again, all arts having the same kind of idea, but she said, you never know who is out there waiting and waiting for exactly what you have to give, right? And I think that uh, phrase even today gives me like goosebumps because this idea that we always feel, how do we flip this idea of being judged? Okay, maybe some
1: uh, Someone will. <laughs> people will
0: be judging you and in a way it's like, okay, we have a standard, we want to increase the art, we want to be better, like you should be the biggest judge of yourself, see if you want to improve, but not the judge that puts you down, it's a judge that lifts you up. You want a coach. You don't want the judge t- telling you to go to belly dance prison right? It's like, no, 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 you want to coach. Okay, let's go, yalla, let's go. It's
1: funny, last episode we talked about balladins police, now we're talk about, talking about balladins prison. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: yeah, but it's it, there is that uh, that thing, of course, and there, is, there will be the jealousy between uh, dancers, there will be uh, all that drama that exists in human nature that we have to deal with. And as artists, as performers, right? It's uh, this thing of like, okay, it's not How can I see this thing? Even imagine this. It's your family going to see something simple. simple. You performing at a gala show, right? Oh, but I'm not a professional dancer. Oh, but I'm not this. Oh, but I'm not that. Oh, but I'm too this. I'm too that. I'm I'm too thin. I'm too fat. I don't have the proper costume. I didn't practice enough. My boss is this. All those things that come to your mind, right? But your family went there to see, and they will see, okay, this amazing dancer, the one that you think you'll never be like that they are seeing you on stage right after that person. You're part of the same tribe. You are the one that is beginning a journey that that person got to the, whatever you think is the the beautiful part of their journey. And the people that are in the audience, they're looking at you performing, right? And for example, for me, some of the people that I saw that I liked the most watching performing, like a belly dance, were like, let's say, and we got we get that a lot, like uh, when we like put our content on social media or on the Jananess Club when like, on your like on your teaching platform, that you see people from all kinds and all that. Uh, but I remember seeing this seventy-two-year-old woman, you know, and she would love to go in the gala shows and always perform. She would always want to do because she was like the assistant in the studio so she would always go and perform and she was always trying to create and trying to do and trying to learn and all that and she had this joy on stage right and I remember that um, there was one time that she actually had like a uh, a problem like her bra strap got uh, like loose or like uh, like popped out she was facing the the was facing the the orchestra so like nothing was shown but like basically okay she has her arms up and her bra strap like Mm -hmm. like got loose so then what do you do so okay the the band basically kept going on a little taxiing this other dancer came in closed the hook finished she continued dancing not only that she dances until today thank you very much you know so when you see that imagine the courage and the love for dance, that the person, you get put on the most vulnerable, term. imagine, okay, compare that to, I missed a tack, like, <laughs> right, that kind of stuff. No, the person went there and decided to, to continue, decided to do. And again, I'm not saying the person that is um, delusional, that everything that they do is amazing, those obnoxious people that never learn and never get better and they think they're the best. and blah, blah, blah. Like, Not talking about that, that's ego talking too. I'm saying about the people that have, they get it the joy of dancing and the joy of the challenge mm. you know and i remember, even today i remember it was one of the, the most amazing and she didn't complain about it afterwards she was not like oh terrible she was like ah, okay it, it's embarrassing right but um and she said that's for the after show
1: <laughs> so <laughs> that's like the best <laughs> yeah but it's very important to talk about this for the joy of dance because i remember like these days uh because of competitions and dancers wanted to take a private class in person and uh, some of the classes both of you and me were coaching and i remember like okay i know she's going to for competition so the goal is to prepare to try to catch all those dooms and tucks and showcase hundreds of technique in that minute because that's what expected on those kind of competitions but then at the end of class because the dance was so like several like uh, times like so tensed that i was given as an assignment i even did introduction okay now it's an exercise dance and just have fun and i remember that face was like Oh, it's like that's the most difficult or what are you talking about it's for dancers sometimes it's so difficult for us to abstract from like oh I need to be perfect I need to catch everything I need to remember about arms, legs, hips face expression like forget about all that and just focus on having fun it's the most difficult one yeah and,
0: the, and, the, and, and again that's also the idea of uh, let's say you're going again just use the, the analogy of a, a, like blind date so you don't know who's coming is the cousin of whoever that set you up like to to go on a date with that person it could be that after i don't know 20 minutes a little bit of wine you get like more uh, like talkative and fun and you can like get along and all that but you cannot expect that an artificial situation will make you feel okay anytime right even dancers that are like super um, Let's say experienced and all, they, they even have, let's say, more to lose because everybody's looking at their performance. It's like, oh, suddenly mm, not so good. Oh, I didn't like this or I didn't like that. That happens too. So, the, and when you see the people that you admire performing, I mean, I'm saying that in the context of maybe even improvisations, not necessarily the uh, choreographies, uh, they are having fun. Right? Even the, 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 imagine this, the solos that go, let's say, viral on social media that you see from live performances is when sometimes the drummer is like laughing or the dancer is laughing, they, they are like um, challenging each other. And even, okay, you made a mistake or you made this. Or like, I remember one, I can't remember who the, the dancer was, but uh, and it always caught me, okay, if the dancer goes to the ground, she did a split and went to the ground. And suddenly the drummer starts a big saidi.
1: And then she's down on the floor And then the she's down like on
0: a split. And then what does she do? Puts her hands on, on her hips. Looks up to the drummer. Points like. But not like making fun of them. It's like, oh, okay. You want me there now? So she goes like making fun. Uh, okay, like <laughs> as if she's like having troubles going up. So she transformed that, let's say, mistake. Wrong! Ah! Oh my God! What can I do? No! Transforms it into a playful, fun thing that is part of the story, and um, that reminds me like something that I mentioned uh, like recently. I was thinking about this uh, as I was like going to to like create drum solos for dancers to for for exercises and things like that. That I was thinking this concept uh, so much from uh, martial arts actually that. Uh, I think I mentioned to you before, but like just to put it in context for people, it's like in karate or like in the, let's say Japanese martial arts, they have because of Buddhism, they have this concept of um, mind like water, mm-hmm. right? And the concept of mind like water is like imagine that you have um, like a pond, like a, like a little like lake, and then you throw a pebble, you throw a little rock on the on the on the on the, on the ocean on the, on the water, and the water is still. Let's say, what does the water do? The water doesn't underreact or overreact oh my god the pebble's coming ah it reacts appropriately to the strength and the speed and the weight of the rock and all those ripples and then goes back to it to its state and the idea in martial arts the way that they say about this is like imagine how nervous you're going to be and it's sort of like the same Physical mechanism like in your brain, right? The, the flight or flight, the fight or flight response, right? That you have all this cortisol going, and you have this adrenaline because it's as if you're going on this arena, right? In the case of fights, you literally can be punched, right? But you can be psychologically punched by making a mistake. That everything you did wrong, that exposure is rogue, quote unquote, that's part of the, the mistakes that you're making. Right, and that's that's like receiving a punch in the gut. That's why I'm so afraid, right? That's one of the reasons, right? Um, and in martial arts they have this concept of okay, you have to keep your mind. Uh, I think they have in Japanese a mutso, it's like this, uh I think it's mutso, it's this idea of like having this, it's not a blank mind, it's a totally receptive mind. Mm. And what's the difference between, for example, and I make the maybe it will go a little bit over the head of like some people that don't know about martial arts, but it's exactly the same as in dance. In martial arts, let's say that you have in karate, you have like the katas, which is basically standardized forms. They're a choreography of a fight. Put your arm here, put this here, and as you go through the, the, the steps, like the, the belt systems, you will know different kinds of, um, let's say, movements, and you have to perform them right and um so that's one way it's like the choreography part that you have to learn and you have to practice and have the the perfect thing and then when you go into let's say a, a competition or a street find phenomena it will never be as clean and pretty as it is because in that sense it's like it's you trying to do something and the other person trying to go against you that's where the dance and the and the and the the music like falls apart the analogy because it's not like i'm not trying to challenge the dancer in a way that I want to hurt her. No, it's the other way around. It's let me present you something. And that's when improvisation, it can be drumming, it can be any kind of uh, melodic instrument. Uh, When it's at its best, right? It's this mind like water phenomenon that is not only the drummer using the drum as a remote control, like a joystick to see, okay, dancer, do this now, do this now. No, Mm -hmm. as the dancer does something, It will influence what the drummer is feeling and then that will make him uh, do something else. And also, the dancer can decide to ask him something, right? Okay, give me this, this is what I want to do right now, let's work on this uh, together. And just to finish off this idea of the the mind like water concept is that in order to be able to uh, do the conversation that is like in life, I made many analogies about dating but it's very real. Is that that moment, that flow state where time stops and you're just there and you are at the edge of your knowledge? So you're not doing something that you know that you can do, just like with the drummer. You are doing something, and you're not doing something that is impossible because you don't know that yet and that everything tenses up. You are at the edge of explored territory and you're at the edge of what's new, and something will come out of that. In tennis, you have that. You don't want to see one person dominating over the other person. You want to see two people that are in a match to try, in the end, if it's a noble sport, to lift everybody to 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 this drama, to reenact this drama of life, you know. And when you start thinking in those, it seems wawa nana nu nu stuff like you know California hippie thinking. But it's li- if it wasn't, you wouldn't be scared.
1: Mm, that's good. Right? <laughs> that was a punch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that was a candle, like a candle. A, just, a, just a light. Because it's like, imagine that um, you have this mind like water, okay, whatever, and now okay, let's apply this, uh, like more, uh, give a concrete example about catching everything, catching everything. I ca- I, I caught it, I caught this, I caught that, that, that idea. I did the perfect technique, I did the perfect this, I did the perfect that. Um, what? will the dancer do with what I presented to her? She is this lake, she's there and the drummer starts presenting these ideas to her, all these little pebbles that will create these ripples, right? One ripple will interact with the other. So what if, one way to think about it, and they just thought about this, uh, you did not miss the doom, it's like a volcano that it started way there, I didn't, I didn't catch quote-unquote now, but how will this thing influence the rest of my performance? So it's not that I didn't catch this doom, it's that this doom get, did something to me that I will use in the rest of the dance, right? So then it starts becoming an artistic thing. And not that you have to necessarily think about it, some people have it naturally, some people solve their demons different ways. This is just one way that I think about it is that uh, you didn't, you didn't, let's say that it didn't have the reaction that you expected to have because he went tr-ra, tr-ra, tr-ra. and then you didn't catch the tr-ra, 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 for whatever reason. Let's say, fine, what are you going to do with the rest of the dance? How can you incorporate? Not a mistake because it's not a mistake it's a it was a it was an invitation that's how i see in uh, in drumming
1: i also think that many dancers forget that drum solo is an actual dance and what elements are included in the definition of what is dance very often they think oh drum solo it's physicality, it's isolation, it's technique, it's showcasing every doom and tack, and forget very important element of dance which is story, which is emotion, which is something that you mentioned like communication because you are not alone during drum solo improvisation on stage. You're together with a drummer. It's a duet. Although we call it solo, drum solo, but it's not really. and. Uh, those moments like the example you gave like this dancing being on the floor in a split and then suddenly saidi you don't need to panic like oh i cannot do saidi you don't have to do saidi in that time, moment you can transform it into a story and communication is drama it's like huh so you want me to challenge with that let me see how i can so you showcase that not only say in your mind like what i just said uh, like with my voice but you actually put it as a part of dance and a part of story and um, you showcase not only technique and movement, you showcase mood and emotions in dance. Also, I really liked your analogy with water and ripple effect because I see many dancers when we are talking about drum solo improvisation, another fear, which is very related like oh, to being like, uh, imperfect, to being judged, but oh, I am boring. Mm. And they start putting hundreds of movements on the same phrase that doesn't change at all the drama keeps doing or when he's going for a simple tremulous it's like hundreds of variations of different shapes and the music doesn't really tell you to change anything and it's the effect of they're overreacting that no, they're not reacting as a water just according to the stones that were fro- thrown into it. they're overreacting not naturally and it doesn't look naturally like if water suddenly will overreact to a small stone, it will not look natural. The same is dance and music. So it's that overreaction. And okay, maybe you get some points on creativity, but musicality will be lost. The connection to music, the connection to drummer, to the moment and the essence of dance will be lost. So is it worth it? And I think that's the fear of uh, sometimes like this nervousness and panic tries to make us move faster sometimes like play music faster but for dancers like move faster i try to uh, predict or go before the music goes that's his choreography is a main known problem but with improvisation it's like you start movement before the drummer even gives a cue of what he's gonna play and then you just hope for the best that oh it will be something like that but also it's like constantly switching movement and not allowing yourself to relax and enjoy that fun
0: yeah, and that happens with the drummers too. Because yeah. uh, in case of drumming, not only want to, let's say, impress on your, let's say, more ego self, you not only are dealing with the problems of, oh, am I good enough on this? Can I switch? Can I remember the phrases? Like if you know about the, four, the rule of four, can I, can I do very creative phrases and remember them for four times and then coming up with something right away afterwards? Right? Uh, so there is all these things that the drummer, is uh, is doing and also will it inf how i create one phrase will influence what will be on the next one and the next one and the next one so there is this ripple effects even inside creating the drum solo but on the lower cell on the lower let's say thinking for the drummer you're thinking okay he sees all this i say the turkish cool drummers right and so you want to really do all these techniques like complicated techniques in drumming which would not translate to dance, or at least would not translate to dance on the first date. It's the first time you're dancing to this dancer. How do you expect her to know your little idiosyncrasies, your little like habits, your little like ways of playing? So uh, for drummers, the worst part that there is, for example, is when you when the dancers, they say, oh, I love that your accents are so clear and simple, like and easy to follow, I'm thinking, I suck. I play so badly that I play taka 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 taka, taka and they love it. And it's like this is beginner stuff. I don't care for this, right? Uh, <laughs> like as a drummer, there is like a lot of this ego. But that's it.
1: what I was also telling, like the knowing of playing for dancer. Like yes, for singer, for the music band, you will put like hundreds of dooms and tacks and tremolos in between that little phrase. But for dancers, there is a value on sometimes having simple phrase not like all the drum solo but sometimes just literally to slow down and let her play this movement because those are the moments that are the easiest not to worry much about technique but to express emotion and to create some playfulness of course with technique but those gives different textures for dancers and uh, knowing even those principles not even talking about like a rule of four or how to begin or how to finish like even that for drummers because we very often in belly dance world we dance to drummers who we see first time on stage it's very common but it's so valuable to meet some drummers that know that they don't need to impress with their drumming skill and especially their speed right now yeah
0: it's it's interesting like one uh, one uh, detail about that like even for drummers this is would be not selling for dancers but like Um, let's say you're playing a classical piece, or you're playing, let's say, Thum, for example, and it will be Warda throughout, like for, I don't know, five or six minutes, right? And then there is sometimes some uh, interjections with the violin, and the Udu make a commentary, there is all this, let's say, dynamics that happen. That's one interesting thing, also, I haven't thought about this, but it's a very interesting analogy that dancers should know, that, you know, like, you don't play the same song the same way every time it's the about the notes between the notes mm-hmm. is whatever you're doing there and so let's say um this song that for a certain period of time it will be water throughout the drummer is not going to go going to do all sorts of like crazy like beats he, his goal at that point in the story as you're saying of the music is to let serve as a beat at the heartbeat of what the the singer is doing and what other melodic instruments are doing, right? And sometimes it's something that happens all the time in music and something that maybe dancers maybe don't catch. But let's say that the drummer, okay, they're doing the taxing part and the drummer is always looking at the audience, especially if it's like a live setting that you need to change things according to the mood of uh, of. Even though you're playing a song that everybody knows, you're changing the order and putting it more lively or less lively or more chill depending on the... you're mixing it, basically. Mm-hmm. you being DJ. And so at some point, uh, let's say that the the, the, the oud player the violin player is like really getting lost into his thing, but the audience is being lost. The drummer may decide to start doing like on the... Wad, doom, tac, 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 doom. let's bring it up to, to something else. Mm-hmm. So this is one thing that happens a lot that is this conversation between the musicians that happens all the time in, the, in, in, a, in a, like a, let's say in the context of Arabic music way more than in other places because it's all about that camaraderie and that oh, okay, let's explore this makam. So uh, let's say the violin is doing the main melody, and then suddenly the the goes da, 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 and does the same. And then the oud picks it up, and there is this conversation that happens. Or even on a maaw, when you have like a, the singer singing, and then suddenly the oud makes a comment or imitates exactly the thing. And then the person, and then the singer creates another melody on top of that. And they're, their language in that sense, besides the beat is the makam, which is the the scale and let's say the musical phrase of the piece that they're going to come back to. So that's the improvisation part that that it it loses the magic of it if you start uh, practicing and doing exactly the same all the time, because it doesn't showcase who you are right now. And that's one of the beautiful things that people think it's all about perfection. Right in uh, oh I have to be perfect in this I have to be the the, the uh, like in as if improvisation was about perfection. Mm. Improvisation is not about perfection. Improvisation is about exploration with someone else. So in terms of storytelling from a mythical point of view, improvisation is: I am Pedro, you're Yana. We're here on stage. Let's say we're meeting for the first time, or in our case, we've met so many times. What does our life together influence on the way that we are performing? What if it's a different dancer or a different drummer that comes in and wants to, and how will be that interaction? Mm -hmm. And it's not the, that's one of those things that maybe can quiet the fears, is that part of the story is who you are right now with all your imperfections. Mm -hmm. Because what we don't, we never think about is that, for example, I remember that I was so embarrassed when I made mistakes on drum solos. When my teacher would put me, even I, I remember he was putting me on the spot all the time, like to do um, uh, like drum solo parts. Because as I was getting better and better and better, he was putting me all to okay improvise this part, improvise this part, to do this part, you know. And I remember one time we were doing um, um, uh, it was very cool. It's sort of like a battle, let's say, between drummers, like. A, camaraderie, but it's like a battle. So he would do like certain phrases and then he invited me to do something. And then instead of doing something simple, I did something like I was really feeling it. So it's like, okay, I'll do something. He goes, oh, uh-huh. So he goes, does something more complicated. Then I do something uh, more complicated and we started getting, I was sort of like matching him on the, on the difficulty level. Uh, and all the dancers that were watching the, the show, they were like, oh, cool, Pedro's like uh, getting out of his shell, let's say, right? And he was like teasing me and having fun, but it was like it was a teaching moment, right? Okay, show me what you got, right? And then at some point, he goes and he does something so incredibly difficult that I, anything very complicated that I would do would not match what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, for, it, The skill was not there, mm-hmm. right? So what did I do? I looked at him. I looked at the audience and they go, Doom doom tuck. People talk to me about this even today. So it's like it's I
1: remember uh, that show. It was the best moment there. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny.
0: So it's like those things like when you start thinking from that point of view, of like, what's your story? It's a teacher. In my case, there was like a teacher showing no, dude, you can you can do this. At the same time, it's like there's a lot more you have to learn, my boy, you know? And then at the same time, oh, but I have the stage presence to go and play around. And since then, that kind of, that's what I'm talking about the memories, like they the, the anchor in the good times. So if you don't practice, you'll never have those good times. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: But speaking of uh, uh, fear of mistakes and fear of being imperfect, we also forget that we didn't have those fears all our life. And some dancers may say right now like in the no i always was afraid of improvisation or i always was afraid of performance i always was afraid or worry of being judged or do mistake in whatever i am do like no you didn't and thanks god you didn't because if we all our life had those mistakes those fears of mistakes we would never learn to walk mm-hmm. just think about kid when the kid is trying to learn how to walk, imitating like other people around him, how many times he falls, how many times he falls flat on the face in front of everyone, and some people like me like laugh kind of like, oh, how cute he's trying to learn, but it's like doing mistakes, and the kid doesn't feel ashamed for that. The kid doesn't feel like, oh my god, I uh, failed on trying to walk right now, so I will never try to do it, and I will never try to learn it. Like, no, we didn't have that. It was putting us later in life, mm. and uh, otherwise, like, literally, we would not know how to walk, how to speak, how to write, how to come, because nothing comes naturally and perfect right away, including dancing and including improvisation unless of course you start doing this as you were like the kid before you start learning learn to work because then you pass those fears right away but i'm pretty sure you know what i'm talking about like nothing comes perfect right away but some things we allow ourselves to do mistakes and some things by some reason we say like no i need to be perfect i cannot do mistake i will be ashamed of that like
0: yeah, I think yeah, th- that's that's a good point. Like, I think it's like it goes together with this idea of who you are in the moment right now in improvisations. Like, okay, I got this opportunity to go and perform and to be in an improvisation setting, right? So yes, it will expose the cool things that I can do. It will expose some of my fragilities, let's say. At the same time, it will be my chance to, uh, as I was saying, you never know the gift that it will be. Imagine that. Let's say, again, just to give an example, let's say that you consider yourself out of shape, you are uh, past what you consider to be your prime, and you decide to go on stage, and then you can see, ah, how ridiculous this is, oh my god, that's so pathetic that I am this way, and doing this, and doing that, and all that stuff, but you went there, and you did it, and then suddenly you find that there is a community of people that are struggling with the same thing you are, and suddenly... You, be, you make this part of your life, you start exercising, you start eating better, you start having a community of people and you are not a person that is left, like, leave yourself alone and not taking care of yourself as, or as someone that you'd like to help, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's one of those things that... Uh, why not give that gift, like I, I, I said about the 72-year-old woman. Give this gift whenever someone tells me, "Oh, I'm too old for this. I'm too old for that." I have like ten people on my Instagram or Facebook that I can point you to. Like BS, there are people that are in the very similar position you are. They just make a different choice, mm-hmm. and that's why their life is. Um, they, they, they may be as tragic, or they. May, everybody has their own uh, demons, but in this moment, in this time, you heard the call to adventure, and you went on an adventure. If it was, let's say now, okay, you went and you improvised, and it was terrible. And I was even remembering this because of that Bart Simpson, uh, like the Simpsons joke, that is like, Bart wants to learn to play the guitar, but, oh, dad, I couldn't play the guitar perfectly since the beginning, so I quit. And then the dad comes and says, you see, you learned a valuable lesson, better never to try which is made as a joke, of course, but that's exactly what we do. We don't allow ourselves the opportunities to do these open mics, which are these improvisation moments. And we always see us as being judged right now, even, even when we were judged. Let's say that you were more on a combative because you and I are very buttery in that way. Oh, it's all okay. It's all about the learning. Da, da, da. Let's say that you are a, comp- a competitor. Let's say that you have this in you in, in somehow. And let's say that oh, you don't want to perform because it's bad right now, right? You have to think of yourself as a person throughout time. Who I was as a drummer 10 years ago is different than who I am as a drummer right now. And maybe I peaked three, four years ago, or maybe I have different peaks throughout my life. But I remember that or even photography or any kind of other art form. How can you be the person that, okay, you went on stage and you bombed and it was terrible. Let's say nothing worked. The drummer sucked. You didn't dance nicely, you forgot everything, all that, you know, Maggie, that terrible girl that is always picking on you, she looked at you afterwards with sarcasm and joy of your demise. Let's say that that was the case. How about you keep practicing at home? How about you keep going? How about next time you go on improvisation, you do that again? Oh, it's the same drummer. Oh, can I talk to you? Can we check out what would you recommend for me? And then the next time, and then the next time, and then in five years, you're a different person. And then even the people that judged you in the beginning, if you care about that, well, that's on you. But they will know that you were a person that transformed. And that's part of the art. Mm -hmm. And that's what improvisation does. That's why, like, my thing with, like, even for myself, if I'm like, oh, I haven't been practicing for a while. Even for me, like, oh, now I learned this, like, Turkish style that I'm learning and I was putting on, on like, trying to put it on drum solos and I knew like, okay, this sucks. This is not good. Like what I'm doing. Or like you were like, oh, now Jana has to think twice about what I'm doing because um, I'm not doing the same patterns. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I was thinking like my inner critic was thinking, oh, no, 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 play the, what you know and leave the things for when you're ready. The cool thing about improvisation is, again, it's just like with the music that you're never going to play the same time, the same way, and you're going to get better over time. And who you were, that was the person that actually was courageous and went on stage. And you don't go, you don't become courageous by, that's like cliche, but it's absolutely true. You do not get courageous by waiting to be perfect and then performing. Also perfect performances are incredibly boring.
1: I think perfect performances is a myth yeah for
0: there's sure. no such thing like. yeah you know but but I mean the idea of a perfect performance let's say that the person went and she did exactly what the the drummer wanted the drummer was a virtuoso the dancer was a virtuoso at the end Maybe if they're really if, when they're really clicking when they're really like at the edge of their ability
1: right? I think it goes uh, on a good note and good the fact that there is less worry about perfect technique both from drummer and dancer perspective and technique becomes a tool yeah. for storing the motion yeah something that you talked already yeah like
0: in any art form i think it's like uh when the technique becomes sort of like invisible but i think in the um, if you try to listen, imagine a tech scene that is the, the musician doing a, like a, a tech scene, not by itself, but like when you have those conversations inside, inside music, one does it, the other does it. Try to think of this as a thing related to, to the drum solo. It's, you don't have to catch everything that you don't know that is going to happen yet. You have to listen to it and let it be influenced by that. Mm, right? yeah. that
1: and let some space for joy. Yeah, like being just present in the moment yeah because
0: when, when you think about that uh, imagine how yeah like I think that idea of like it's just that' it's such buzzwords that I don't like to use usually today but in this case it it applies remember that like let's say that you are um, you are performing tonight at this place and there will be uh, like you can be grateful of this idea of gratitude for being, having the opportunity to face that fear, you know, mm. you have that opportunity. You could be stuck in a job you don't like and not have dance. Or you could be a super, uh, 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 d- d- like, a successful dancer that everybody admires and you're stuck in your job that you don't want to play for these assholes, like, you know, like you have this, um, uh, the internal life can look very different than the external life. So what about being grateful? Like that's one thing that I think about even when I'm playing like here, whenever I'm playing, sometimes um, I do I do two things. One, like just to finish on, maybe this is something interesting to, for dancers to do. I, I got that from a movie, okay? That I do every single time. Um, from Gladiator. That movie with the Russell Crowe, I think it's his name. One thing he did before he entered in the arena every time. And I saw this movie when I was like, I don't know, 19, 18, so boyish. Not that I'm not boyish anymore, but, <laughs> but uh, so he touches the floor of the arena. He gets the sand, he wipes in his ha- hands. So it's like you get the energy of the place you are where you may die. Right? It has all these connotations with warfare and all these things, but to me it was I, always stuck in my mind. And then at some point when we started our band, I started doing this. You know, like I go to a corner and I always like... Sometimes I don't do it right away in the beginning, because as a drummer, you have all sorts of things going on. Because you are the chef, you are the cook, you are the cleaner, you are the like organizer, you are the psychologist. You are, like, you are all these things, like when you're in a band context. So, I like to touch the floor. And one of the things in terms of gratitude that I do, and everybody has to find their own, I was thinking, hmm, this boy from Porto Alegre in Brazil, the small town, you know, like now I am, okay, I'm not the biggest drummer in the world or the best photographer in the world, but I was invited to come perform here at this festival in the small town in Ukraine or in Poland or wherever we are. You no, know, because of the situations in life, and it's because I said yes to a lot of stuff. Is because when my teacher said, okay, you drum now, and I go, Dum, tak, and he says, oh, you suck.
1: <laughs> right? And you
0: keep going. Exactly. like Because I, I took all those opportunities to do that little improvisation. And then the people that saw me all this many years ago, and then they see me now, it's like, okay, I, some people will see, hmm, yeah, you didn't get that much better, let's say, because I know you too well. It's like, sure, why not? I am grateful for the opportunity to actually go and perform. And if you consider that, that may bring you joy, that it's like you're alive, you can move, right? I had like just as a, like a comment, like I had a, a, like, a like a back problem that was bugging me, like as you know, and I was like, ah, oh, so difficult to move and, uh, and to do it. And then I started exercising and now I can move in ways that I couldn't before. I mean, I could when I was like younger, but that thing was like bugging me. And then I was even thinking this of like as dancers, like that, they always focus on what they don't have. Oh, I'm not, I don't have this technique, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't know this, I haven't done this, I'm afraid of that. And why not see this, oh, I get this opportunity to try to not only get better, but this idea of joy, of like, I'm alive, I am here, and for the next three minutes, your eyes will be on me. Right? Yeah maybe you remember me maybe you won't maybe this one person in the audience will have their life changed by seeing something so beautiful in your dance that movement the way you interpret that song that's one of those things like sometimes we are so much into oh the perfect technique perfect this perfect that but it's like to me as like a, a, an artist like to see dance you see oh she interpreted that song that like chest bump that thing that actually went in perfect, it's translated that song in my soul when I, when I watched it. It was the dancer that brought it. It has nothing to do with how good the Hershimis are. It has nothing to do with how perfect was her performance. It's because you as a dancer in combination with the music, you unlocked something in one person's mind that night. And why not make that, if that appeals to you, that's your life mission?
1: Audience goes to see any kind of concert. So audience invites dancers to come to their event, not for their technique. They, they invite them for emotions and experience. And that's, as dancers, especially who want to be so perfect and better and better and better, this time we sometimes forget that dance is a translation of emotions through movement, and even through music, it's not just music translated in our bodies. First of all, the emotions that we give to our audience.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, one thing just to maybe we are going long, but we should like just to finish up. But one thing that is interesting when you think about what's the idea of music, why do we do this? Why do we spend so much time and effort and uh, we change this? Because music doesn't really exist in nature, like aside from our voices, right? But like, I mean, that's a difficult uh, thing to argue, like in, in short time. But the idea is like, we make technology, we change nature. Even a drum, when you think of it's technology, it's a human thing. We figured out that if I make this drum in specific um, uh, pl- a shape, and if I put not like not. Grass leaves on as a skin, but if I get this fish from the ocean or this animal that uh, will it will live on, let's say, because it's this animal or this plastic, which is technically from, from organic matter too, from millions of years ago, it got together because some people decided that it was important to create music, right? And at the same time, we start c- trying to create this variations between structure which can be too, quote-unquote, boring if it's always the same and always predictable, but you're always changing something to take you into a different place so that music becomes part of, like, this analogy of life, that there is structure, but there is this element of uh, unknown. You don't know where the melody goes. Is it going to go to a La or to a Do? Is it going to go fast? Is it going to be slow? And I think, in a way, dance not only as a let's say interpretation of music but the idea of movement of thinking with your body because the body is what we are in a way i mean of course spirit and all that but why do we like dance right why do we why are we uh, enthralled to like look at that dancer and see what she's doing and even like when you see neuro, like neurochemically those uh mirror neurons right so you are doing something and part of me is doing that with you So even if the audience is still, everybody's dancing too, Mm. if they're paying attention, right? So it's like this portal into this other dimensions. That's how Mm. I see it. So how can you, and it's not just the joy of dance of, oh, don't judge me. Or I don't care that you're not judging me. It's a joy beyond that. It's a joy of being an artist, of being alive, of being part of, Thousands year old tradition and if you think we know why we dance why we make music uh, Okay, maybe you discover nirvana and discover the gods and, and whatever, but I think no one knows. That's why we keep doing it mm-hmm. That's why we take the clay out of the uh, out of the earth. That's why you get the skins of the animals and uh, or um, whatever else you use for um, For your instrument. That's why you stitch it together to make the perfect sound so that your hands by touching this instrument can be translated into a portal to something beyond. And hopefully you have the chance to meet a dancer and he or she will come together with you and show you something you don't know yet that will make you and him or her better and the audience better.
1: Mm Well, in terms of liking uh, dance and music, I have one more question prepared for you. Ah. But uh, before that, I would like to thank you for taking time and share your thoughts and uh, tips and experiences about the drumming and drumming for dancers. And uh, I also would like to ask, where can our listeners find more information about your uh, at least drumming aspect. Uh, you also very involved in photography, but today we talked more a little bit about uh, music and drumming specifically. So, where can uh, uh, listeners find more information and and follow your drumming activities? <laughs> so
0: first, thank you for having me. It says we're a couple. It's uh it's strange that uh, even though we talk a lot about like like art and marketing and uh, all sorts of like. Uh, uh, like life and all the things that go into love and all that stuff. Like, uh, we don't really stop and talk about, uh, like, what we just talked about, like those free flows. Well, we much. do
1: We actually do a separate show. Yeah, now. right, right. yeah
0: But that's, uh, I think this went even deeper. I think this one went a little bit mm. deeper. Like, uh, but anyway, like, uh, well, anyway, thank you for having me. Uh, people can find me on my well, on my website. I have a, the whole section dedicated to uh, drum, to belly dance photography and to drumming. That is uh, dance, Easy enough. In social media, my drumming profile is uh, PedroBonato2t's like on uh, on Instagram, which is the one that I'm most active in. And uh, if people found any of this uh, conversation interesting, inspiring, uh, uh, just, uh, well, you can find me in those uh, those places.
1: And also don't forget if you like this conversation, got inspired, uh, maybe send to your dance friends who you think also may gain some benefits from it. And maybe even screenshot or tag us or post something on your social media stories or posts and tag me and uh, Pedro to we would like also to hear your opinion and thoughts about all things said here
0: yeah and uh, one more thing about that also places to go is that people should go to uh like yanadanceclub.com which is our like project together with where yana t- teaches ballet dance and a lot of uh, eastern uh, uh, middle eastern dances and uh, where i feature as a drummer very often we have a few like if you heard in this conversation this cool intensive we did in Cappadocia that is actually going on well, I don't know when you're hearing this but it's on the club and uh, we'll have a much more drumming for dancers in that uh, place, so people can go and take a look at that.
1: Well, we had quite a few projects with you inside the club and identifying rhythm, it's one of my favorite intensives, and the yeah. members really liked it too. It really helps when we go really deep. And this new in- program that we have added, intensive on drum solo improvisation, like guided experience on how to even approach this topic in a practical way not on way not only like hearing us talking about the concept and fears uh all links will be in the show notes, so all our listeners you know you can easily find uh, more information there and connect to our guest also i literally just mentioned our new show relatively new it's already like sort of like teenager (laughs) show artist date when we basically it's me and pedro talking about all things uh, related to artistic life life together content creation uh, business art business uh, and uh, all things uh, that's going on sort of around this topic so i will also include link there but you can find uh, youtube it's actually video episodes and also you can listen just plug and listen to the audio but to sum up our conversation i would like to ask you um once again the question that i already asked you but i will twist it today Uh because it will be specifically about the topic of what we are talking and our traditional question in the new interpretation for you will sound like this what makes you fall in love with Drumming for ballet dancers again and again, so you keep doing it for so many years
0: If I knew I would have to kill you (laughs) No, no, but on a a more let's say serious note uh, The simple answer is there's something there. I don't know what it is exactly (laughs) like <laughs> you said, dancers in general. For you, <laughs> I know. But, uh, <laughs> but I had to uh, joke here. Yeah. Yes. Uh, like, but the way that I see it, it's like yeah, there's something there. Like mm-hmm. I could have gone many other directions, you know. Like and I have mm-hmm. like uh, different kinds of photography, different kinds of music, different kinds of uh, situations. But I keep always coming back to certain. Um, uh, Calls and keep putting myself in situations where um, this happens, you know. And right now, I'm actually very inspired to create like a proper um, um, album, you know, like inspired by specific dancers and their styles. And um, in a way, like, so first I would say, I don't know if I knew, then I would be like, it would be easier probably, but I keep coming back to it because there is something there, I don't know what it is, and at the same time, there is this thing that I don't know if it exists, I may have talked actually about this in the the previous episode, I don't remember, but there is something about the clash between um, the visceral and the intellectual that really appeals to me. It appeals to me in photography, it appeals to me in many places, and the interaction between two forces, and the interactions between, in my case, the way that I interpret, and I'm not talking about men and woman. I'm talking about feminine energy and masculine energy that ex- exists in both drumming and in dance, and this um, interaction that happens live on stage And in this case, uh, like, not necessarily, okay, if it's a drum solo that a dancer will interpret later, right, as a choreography, that's interesting to me too. Uh, But it's this idea of the interaction between the masculine and feminine that happens in the simplest way possible. That's why I'm interested just to go a little tangent about that, even though it doesn't, may not seem like related, but when you have tennis, which is my favorite sport. You have one person and another, each one, let's say, playing, like, across the net and they're trying to like improve and they're trying to showcase their weaknesses and it's a mind game, right? It's an endurance game. It's like it has all those elements, but it's one person and another and how they interact. I have no interest in group sports. They're a different thing for me. Mm. Same thing with, um, in the case of drum solos, for dancers, drumming for dancers, is this one-on-one that appeals to me in the sense of like, what can you show me how can you interpret dance in a way that is unique and different than all other dancers that will make my drumming different? What will your dance unlock on my drumming and how can my drumming help unlock your experience? Not only then, then it becomes a group thing thing too because uh, to all the dancers that I have played for before will influence my next performance with someone and the same thing, vice versa. All the drummers that the dancer have interacted in a good or in a bad way before will influence the way that I'm playing and that I'm playing for you now. And so there is this, let's say mystery of the masculine and feminine that plays around in the in, in drum. And to finish off the, the, the question, because it brings me joy and it's so damn fun. <laughs> and
1: that's it for today, guys. But before you go away, don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends. And if you post it on social media, please tag me and our guest because we love seeing who is listening to the podcast. Thanks for being with us and I'll see you next week. Same time, same place.